Hey, welcome to Dialogues with D, with me, Udambi Sadube. This is a podcast where we'll be unpacking various topics every couple of weeks. Here we get to challenge, agitate, question, inform ourselves. It's just a safe space. Tune in, join us. Yeah, I, I stay in Cape Town. I'm a young mind, a creative, and very happy to be in the podcast. Welcome, Femi. Femi's going to be on regularly. Um, every month, he's going to be coming on to the podcast, and really, it's just going to be chats, you know, about the topic at hand. And like I said a little bit in the intro, we're unpacking Pan-Africanism, which, to be very honest, also for you, Femi, just as context, this topic is something that I've always found extremely intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, A topic that I didn't really know if I knew enough about it. Um, You know, it's a history topic mainly. And I didn't do history in in university. I didn't feel like, especially history pertaining to the continent and our people. I always felt like I didn't have enough access to it in high school. Um, I was kind of limited. And so I tackled this topic because... It was top of mind after I did my parliamentary program recently and I felt like I needed to dive into the topic. I needed to at least take a chance and be a little bit more brave about the topic, you know. And sometimes, you know, having discourse or conversation about something doesn't necessarily mean you need to come to the conversation as an expert. Um, And this is why Pan-Africanism was the most obvious topic for me to unpack at the beginning of the year. So, um. For those who've listened to my conversation with Frederick Berkeley, I'm sure you have your own opinions about what he said, but maybe as a recap, you know, we really looked at Pan-Africanism from a very Afrocentric perspective, which it obviously is the term embodies all of that, but we really looked at, you know, where does it come from? Um, uh, What did the AU do or what role did the AU play in defining that? And then we looked at where are we currently now as a society and does this particular concept have space? And that's where I want to pick up the conversation today. So Femi, what are your thoughts? Like when you just hear the term Pan-Africanism, is it something intimidating? Is it something scary? Is it something that you're like, oh, no, I know what that is. What is your perspective on that? Uh, I would agree with you and say there's kind of intimidating, especially, yeah, when when you first brought it up, I was I was like, oh, okay. I would I would I'm gonna try to do my research on it because yeah, it sounds it sounds very interesting, but at the same time intimidating. But for me, I think it's it's a very interesting concept that I feel like I would agree with, but at the same time I feel like it's very late for it to start to be implemented because of how people. Mm have been, become so com- comfortable with the environment. This change, sure, it's for the better. In a sense, it's for the better. But at the same time, I'm not sure if people would be able to adjust to that type of change. Mm. For all type, all, okay. all type people. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that in terms of, I really liked, or I found it really quite interesting when you said it, maybe it's too late. What do you mean by too late? When I say too late... I would say for for us as Africans to unite, it would have required us to to have tried to share resources and work together from I don't know back in the day in a sense, not not during these mm-hmm. 
I think it would be harder to for us to share our resources now in comparison to if we look back at 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because, okay, so what I have a challenge with, and I also shared this with Fred, was I have a challenge with the concept of cooperation is the only way to get to the greater good. Yeah. And the only kind of cooperation that can exist is amongst us as Africans. And of course, I understand the, the where it came from. I mean, if we look at the context in which uh, some of these, you know, things were really at their peak. Yeah. At the time, it was peak colonization. A lot of the countries on the, on, on the continent and were still colonized. I mean, many still are, and we're still dealing with the aftermath of colonization. The fight is nowhere near over, but the context was very different. And so we needed that kind of discourse. We needed that kind of information for people to feel uplifted. Yeah. And um, But things have changed in the sense that maybe the African context has changed and maybe we need to deal with what does the post-colonization context of Africa look like? What are the needs? Have they changed? Does it still match with what was thought then? And so cooperation is difficult to imagine. Uh, and I know that I emphasized this a few weeks back. It's difficult to imagine that we need to work together for the greater good. When, when you just look at your own country and you look at the state of your own country and you realize we, we have battles, yeah. yeah. You know, we know we're near fixing our own stuff. What are your opinions on that? I would agree with you on that aspect. There's so many things that that we need to fix within ourselves before implementing something like that, which I think is extremely beautiful and it should it should it should be that way. But yeah, looking at the current circumstances, I understand what you're saying. What about uh, these kind of discourses and conversations in schools? Um, you know, did you take history in school? Are you taking history in school? And was do you feel like there's ever been a space to have conversations about African history? And the reason why I ask is because I feel like even if we are able, even if we're criticizing the the term Pan Africanism, we somewhat need to be equipped with what it is, or the tools, or the knowledge. And a lot of people aren't. Um, and it starts at school, right? You know, to know, okay, there's this thing called Pan-Africanism. And then you make up your own mind about what you think about that and have conversations with your friends or me or whoever. But I think sometimes what's missing is that people are not informed. So what has been your experience as a young person about just unpacking some of these topics and feeling like maybe you have access to the information? Um, personally, I feel like I haven't been exposed to this as much as I could have been with within the school mm. that I could have been in but uh, the school I'm in currently now I, I don't take history and these types of conversations wouldn't be sparked within that type of environment mm. that's right do you find it important though? I feel like it, is, it would be very important to be informed of these types of concepts because it's very it's very interesting to get into especially for black students to understand more of their, their culture as well as yeah. that we are more than just, I don't know how to put it, a worker in a sense. We, mm. we, can, we can unite together and be better than just someone that works for somebody else, most likely a white person. Mm. Okay, that's hectic. That's deep because you're actually speaking to 
some of the, what do you call it, consequences of colonization, consequences of slavery. Um, and um, when I was reading up about, you know, Pan-Africanism, one of the main things was that we need to not just unite for the sake of uniting, you know, but unite to fight imperialism, unite to fight colonization. Um, there was a sense of feeling lost in our own continent, feeling like other people have taken over our identities. So it's interesting that you say that because I think that concept of a black person's a worker working for somebody of another race comes from exactly those things. Mm. Um, and you would think that after, I don't know, almost 20 years, uh, 30 years or rather, of democracy in South Africa, things would have changed, you know, yeah. but it's, it's still interesting that this is the case now. Um, and it's also even more interesting that these things are just not taught in schools because this is my opinion, right? And I also want to hear what your take is on this. My opinion is I don't care what kind of school it is. I think there's certain things that should just be basic yeah. from primary school level. Yeah. What is your take on that? Whether it's a technical school, whether it's a, a art school, I just feel like this stuff should be known. And I may be projecting because that was my experience. So what is what is your thought on that? Just this kind of information being accessible to young people. I would, I would agree very, very much um, because I think, um, how can I put this? I think that it, it, it should be general information that should be spread amongst any types of schools because it is information that you would end up, not end up being interested in, but find some time and be like, oh, wow, I've, I've actually learned about this. I can have an opinion about this, mm -hmm. have conversations about it with other people. And it's not just, it doesn't have to be specific to, because I've learned with a lot of schools here, uh, they go into European history, um, they dub mm -hmm. history, but they don't really come back to here, Africa, and go in depth. Like in grade four, grade five, I would learn about the sand, uh, the koi the koi in the sand, and that's where it stopped. N nothing. Mm. Mm. That's so, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because that's exactly my experience. I'm like trying to dig deep. That's how I was also quiet for it because I'm like trying to dig deep mm. into my own experience of history. And I literally remember about date, maybe two pages. Then there was like a section of the 1972 uprisings. And then there was like when Jan van Riepe came and then sand bit and then there was nothing like there was nothing about any other country on the continent and I just feel like I only started to know and unpack some of these things in my adulthood and sometimes because of the industry I'm in it felt like almost not, I wouldn't say embarrassing but maybe that's the word that's coming to mind almost embarrassing we're like I don't know anything about this continent and I'm literally starting from ground zero and why was I never given this this information some people would argue young people Gen Z they're on TikTok, they're on Instagram, they have information accessible to them all the time. Does the stuff all need to happen in the classroom? What's your take on that? Because you guys have access to Google, you have access to information more than any other generation before you. So isn't some of that responsibility on you as young people? Yeah, that is true. That I will, That is true. But also, we aren't. Ex some of us aren't exposed to those types of ideas and concepts. I mean, Looking at the internet, I think it is based around you as a person, so it would try to get preferences of mm. what you like, but 
not really these types of ideologies and and yeah i don't think i feel yeah as young people we are responsible but also it should be these interactions with people that have these have this knowledge for us to start start to learn and have the conversation yeah so somewhat there needs to be something that's supporting you in that as well because you you don't know what you don't know <laughs> so you're going to be looking up the things that you know and are of interest to you and the things that are just simply not in your radar you're not going to to look into what would be your ideal idea 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 of the continent and unification what does unification look like for you when we talk about just when we look at the concept of pan africanism what does it look like to you when you just look at a very idealistic idea of what would the continent look like for you what would you like it to look like for you you know when we think about just being together and working together cooperating together less xenophobia less fighting less othering what does that look like for you yeah it's a very hard question i would mm. i feel like a lot of ventures joint ventures would occur would would be mm. comfortable with ourselves we like in terms of uh looking at the podcast you had two weeks ago you I'm not sure if it was you or Frederick who said that um, it's uh, cultures other than black cultures tend to um, shape our personalities. And if we are exposed to mm-hmm. Africans that's uh, and unite standing side by side, we would understand that we would start to appreciate ourselves more than having to shape our personalities and our upbringings off of external races if that makes sense hmm. that makes a lot of sense zoe zoe mudeka had had um uh this week actually episode eight mm-hmm. this week um for those who are listening it's only probably two weeks back uh, at this point but she also references that as well that our identities have been defined by others for the longest time and 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 so that ownership is important whether that happens in the form of you know her where she's literally using her talent and her craft to empower to empower herself even um and so those things become a little bit more and more important um it's interesting though because i i little, i struggle a little bit i'm on the fence with this as well because i feel like we when we look at pan africanism and we look at our identities in the context of our, our identities we can't also shake off the history that has happened on the continent um if we if we zone into south africa we can't talk about what it means to be south africans without talking about apartheid and those effects and how that affected yeah. us um and how that still affects us you know and so these things sort of need to accompany each other and sometimes these terms can seem so idealistic and perfect but like maybe they need to evolve and i know that frederick touched on this as well what are your thoughts on maybe things need to change maybe what was thought then doesn't necessarily fit with what you know exists now or maybe it does fit what do what are your thoughts on that um i would say that i think we are moving more towards um what we would like because we being uh, uh the youth are exposed to um uh 
like excellence, Africanicity, they, they're exposed to these things. Mm. I feel like my generation and your generation would want to unite and stand together as black people so that we could uprise in a sense. <laughs> but that's, that sounds dictatorship, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You did say though that you feel like you guys are more exposed to what black excellence looks like, mm, mm. and 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 that sh- it plays a bigger role. So maybe we're a step further, right? If I'm understanding yes, you correctly. Further, but it's going to it's going to progress as we as we move through as we as we as we grow as we grow. We'll start to see more progress happening and us uniting more. Yeah. No, I agree. I think you, it's there's a running theme here, right? Like there's a lot more to do. We're not we nowhere near where we need to be, but we're at least a step further. And some, sometimes these concepts need to to adjust to the realities of yeah. today. And it's also comforting in a way to hear from you to say, "Oh, yeah, things are not perfect, but yeah. be better." And you, there's a lot more hope, you know, which is which is definitely at your age. I, I wasn't thinking about these kind of things to this extent. So I think there's always, it's a good sign when these conversations are happening with people who are younger, um, happening much earlier. Um, so it, it is it is comforting. One last thing, one last question. Do you feel, um, you know, when it comes to the Rainbow Nation in, in the context of South Africa, um, you know, this idea that we're all together and we're one, one would say maybe that's quite connected to Pan-Africanism in a way. It's the same kind of concept of unifying for the greater good. Um, if we just zone into South Africa, what do you feel as a young South African we need to work on in this country to be a little bit more unified? Um, as as a whole, as a whole, not just looking at a specific group of people, but as the way I mean, in any way you interpret it. So what needs to change? Just what comes top of mind for you? What what could we work on to to really come together a little bit more? I think starting to move towards... Um, it, it sounds very simple, but moving towards, like, seeing each other as family more than seeing each other as enemies if i were to take it at a base mm. level i think we would have to start to treat each other like people rather than an inferior towards someone because i i have this position this means i am this i i have more power than the person next to me but look at each other the same because we don't all understand that we all have our own circumstances i don't feel and we don't really empathize mm-hmm. with one another. We choose to look to in inward rather than understand outward. That's powerful. <laughs> literally, I have nothing else to say to that. That's literally the perfect thing. And the most realistic thing, because I think a lot of these things that have happened to us, particularly as Black people, slavery, oppression, colonization, yeah. all of that, have really stripped away the humanity of people. And, and you know, we could have a whole other conversation about how capitalism, you know, influences that or anything else. But 
I just think often what's missing is not seeing the next person as a human being. So you've perfectly captured that. There's nothing else to say on 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 that point. So that would actually be it for my side. I'm actually comforted hearing that you guys are, you know, having these kind of conversations, or at least you're taking the time to inform yourself, um, you know, about these kind of conversations. And I'm left feeling like, okay, you know that song, the kids are all right. You know that song. <laughs> So I'm feeling like, yeah, no, the kids are all right. The kids are all right. Things are moving. Sometimes we're in our in our heads thinking that nothing is changing, but no, things are moving. People are informed. People are having um, interesting conversations, engaging conversations, challenging conversations about topics that we perhaps didn't have access to at the time. So, yeah, that would be it actually, Femi. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the listeners um, as a takeaway from this particular topic today? No thank pressure. You, thank, you, thank you so much for this conversation. I've I've learned a lot. Yeah, I've learned a lot, a lot. And I've I appreciate having these conversations because someone appreciates my perspective, which I wouldn't really expect from an older an older person. But taking the time out to listen really makes me feel happy. And that you uh, and that I can make uh, that you can understand from what I'm saying. Hmm. Yeah, we don't know everything. <laughs> As older people, we'd like to think we do, but no, we don't always know everything. So it's it's that's that's basically the essence of this this slot that's going to come in every week, every month. Um, you know, where we get perspectives from Femi and just to get his thoughts and it won't always be this academic for anyone who's listening in, it won't always be this intense, but I think it's important to give space to different perspectives. I think also we as older people get stuck in our heads um, about certain things. So I think it's good to check in with, you know, the ones that come up after us um, and, and to check in with them. What are we doing right? What are we not doing right? What are their perspectives? So I'd like to thank you, Femi, for coming on. We'll definitely check you next month. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.